Welcome to the LDN Radio Show, brought to you by the LDN Research Trust. I'm your host, Linda Elsigood. I have an exciting lineup of guest speakers who are LDN experts in their field. We will be discussing low-dose naltrexone and its many uses in autoimmune diseases, cancers, etc. Thank you for joining us. I'd like to introduce to you Dr. Sam Lebsock, pharmacist Michelle Moser, pharmacist Stephen Dixon. Uh, my next question is, can LDN be incorporated into the WHO oral rehydration salt solution to calm inflammation in the GI tract? Um, it's a bit of an unusual question. Um, I think from a pharmacological point of view, there would be nothing to stop you putting LDN to LDN into oral rehydration salts. But I think that's a, there's a much wider question there, I'm guessing, um, that would to do with licensing and having to do a study, etc. So I think from a one person, if you had someone who had inflammation in the GI tract and you wanted to give them oral rehydration salts, then yes, you could put LDN in without putting it on. Next question, um, what would be the lower dose for vertigo be considered? The starting dose is two. So if you're having vertigo or any type of unpleasant symptoms when you're on a dose, I would probably try to drop down to either one and a half, one milligram even. Some patients are pretty um, sensitive to medications and they might start at like 0.5. So don't, don't feel like you have to go up to this four and a half. I think it's important to note that a lot of patients don't get that high and they still receive a lot of benefit down at those lower doses. Mm -hmm. uh, can LDN assist in rebuilding bone density? Uh, the simple answer to that is yes. Um, there's quite a complicated mechanism by which it can work. It would take a little bit of time to explain, but what I'll do is I will post uh, an answer with a paper that talks about it in the answer. Yeah, because even though she was diagnosed at Hashimoto's at 60, you know, it didn't just pop up at 59 right. and a half, right? That's something she's been battling for a long time, would be my guess. The next question is, in the Netherlands, there is LDN cream. What is the indication to use the transdermal route? And this is from a gynecologist in the Netherlands. And in fairness, in the UK, we have almost no experience with LDN um, in gynecology. Does anybody else have any experience? And um, so how does one know what side effects may show when your LDN goes too great? So this is really interesting. Um, again, being involved really quite early on with LDN and MS, we saw that there was, in some people, you sort of reach a ceiling. So that, that's why we, we started titration. Um, initially, um, when we started dosing patients with LDN, everyone just got 4.5 milligrams. Um, and then we realized that it worked for some people and didn't work for some people. And some people felt great and some people felt absolutely dreadful. So, and that's why we started using titration doses. So really it's when you can you, you can tell yourself you hit the ceiling of feeling better and then suddenly you're feeling worse uh, and there's a way to find a dose in there somewhere. And that's a very personal journey for each person. Um, and it, it's, there's no one specific thing that I can say, oh, the side effect is you'll develop a terrible headache. That, that's not the case. It's just that the, your improvement suddenly just, just disappears and you hit this magical ceiling. I, I'm told that you can't really, you can't really describe it until it's happened to you. Um, what recommended starting dose would be to help with sleep? She has a lot of patients who, um, who can fall asleep, but they have trouble staying asleep and they wake up around two and then they can't fall asleep. Um, do you use it just at a certain amount of time? I guess for this situation, it depends on the patient. Um, some patients 
I like to ask patients if they're sensitive to medication kind of right off the bat, because some of them can maybe start at one and a half. And some of them who tell you like, I'm very sensitive, but everything affects me. Then I obviously start those patients way lower, like 0.1, 0.5. And then I kind of taper from there. So I would say it really depends on each patient that you're treating. Some of them don't have any symptoms right away. And some of them have a ton of symptoms if you start LD. So it's very patient dependent. Um, generically, I would probably start them at a one or a one and a half milligram, depending on the patient, if they're a normal patient. Um, does it help with staying asleep? Yes, like I said earlier in the lecture, I think um, sleep is interesting because a lot of times there's underlying disease states there going on. And if you can control those, then the patient ends up sleeping better in the long run. So the next one is what pathology tests do doctors use to monitor progress with LDN RX? This is a very, very wide question. <laughs> Depends on the condition that you're presenting with, there's an answer to that. Um, but basically the same tests that you would use to check for normal, like run results for like standard allopathic medicine can be used to monitor progress with LDN, as well as a number of other tests, um, which especially around about the thyroid, there are so many incredibly complicated and very intricate tests that can be done by people who are specialists and hormones that this, this would take quite long to look at. So if you have a specific query, then email it through and we'll reply. So what about sleep issues due to anxiety and depression? Um, you know, we talk a lot about sleep, right? And it does help. When we're dealing with anxiety and depression, there's underlying issues. And I think that that is a common thread that we're hearing with a wide variety of these questions, there's always some underlying issues. So um, one thing that I remember the first time I ever heard Stephen speak, which was the beginning of a, I think it was the 2016 LDN conference is that <clears throat> LDN doesn't cure anything, right? It just tricks the body into doing what it's supposed to do much more efficiently and effectively. So when we're dealing with anxiety and depression or any other condition that we're using low-dose naltrexone for, we got to get to the root issue. So low-dose naltrexone will definitely help to induce sleep, help to get into restorative sleep, help to decrease anxiety and depression because of um, its mechanisms by raising endorphins. However, it's not necessarily always used as a monotherapy, right? We don't necessarily use LDN by itself. We're usually using it with other medications or other supplements. And specifically with anxiety and depression, I go down to, you know, let's take a look at what's going on in the gut. Are they making GABA? Are they absorbing theanine? Are they utilizing theanine? Are there bacterium in the, in the GI tract that's inhibiting this, that, or the other thing, or, or even eliciting some issues associated with anxiety and depression. So this is a, a multi-layered a multi-layered answer to this question, but again, low-dose naltrexone can always be of benefit here. At least what we've seen in the science and case study is that we've seen it used effectively. This next patient has been taking LDN 4.5 milligrams and has several different autoimmune disorders, and she's experiencing symptoms of an autoimmune disorder that she has not had for years despite being on LDN. Um, which was after a period of high stress. And she's been on six milligrams previously and wondering if she should increase her dose. So I will 
say that with LDN, um, potentially, there's obviously a lot going on there. Um, normally, when you have one autoimmune disease, you have multiple autoimmune diseases. And so if you don't have the first autoimmune disease reined in, your body's just going to keep, keep having issues. And so I don't think you're necessarily controlled. Um, I don't know exactly what your autoimmune issues are. It depends on what your indications are, I would say, but potentially you may need to go up, but potentially you may need to go um, down. I guess I would need to know a little bit more of your medical history to really answer that question, but it's not uncommon for patients with autoimmune disorders to have multiple disorders. The next question is a new symptom of shaky hand related to LDN overdose. Um, this again, you would need to know what the actual condition was to begin with before you started talking about it. In general, um, I think over the last sort of 15 years plus, I think I've seen three patients who when they started LDN had what are called extrapyramidal symptoms as a side effect. Uh, I don't know what anybody else has found, but in some people who are very dopaminergic, um, it would appear that whatever happens for whatever reason, you can get these extrapyramidal symptoms that tend to go away. Um, in the past, they resolved by halving the dose and then starting to patient. Does LDN do anything for active Epstein-Barr virus? I currently have MS. So the uh, we've heard from Dr. Kent Holtorf, who has spoken um, very eloquently on the use of low-dose naltrexone in a wide variety of viral inf infections. Um, we've We've had several providers over the years speak on that. But I do remember uh, one of the naturopaths, again, from Phoenix, and I think her last name was Sherwood, if I remember right. The one thing that she talked about is when we're using low-dose naltrexone in the situation of a viral infection, that sometimes people get worse before they get better because the immune system literally works on everything 24-7 equally, right? So when you reduce inflammation, sometimes you can help get rid of a couple of the issues. So then you're actually concentrating the efforts of the immune system on those remaining problems. So, and also what we have found, especially with viral infection is that when you reduce inflammation, you can actually cause other things to come to the surface and you can have a bloom, which means that you can feel worse before you feel better. So it does help in the long run, but sometimes you got to trudge through not feeling so great uh, in the short term to actually see the long-term benefit. And again, that's when we can bring in other therapies to help with the symptoms due to that, um, that bloom or due to that um, chronic infection. And I don't know about you guys, but here in Washington state, we have um, a lot of MS cases. I don't know if there's like a belt that goes across the world but we have a very high rate of uh, MS diagnoses. And a lot of times we are seeing an underlying viral infection that is, that is there as well. So the use of low-dose naltrexone has been very effective, but again, it's not a short-term use medication. You've, you've got to be in it to win it for the long haul. This question is, is LDN good for prostate health? Um, I guess, you know, LDN is great for keeping the body's um, immune system in check, I guess you could say, um, but I would kind of need to know more about this patient. Like, do they have, you know, 
what's going on? Are they going to have prostate cancer or is something else going on? I guess I'm not sure. I don't know if I would just take it just to protect your prostate, I guess I would say. It's Could um, vivid dreams be considered part of the healing process of the consciousness that accompanies the physical shifts? So this is interesting that I've got this one because we have a very different perspective in the UK on vivid dreams versus the US, I think, or people in the group. Um, very early on, when we started treating people with LDN, we discovered that the vivid dreams were a very significant and frequent side effect. Uh, and in MS patients, we tended to really suggest starting taking LDN in the morning and not really looking at evening dozing unless they weren't getting any good results. So as generally as a kind of measure of safety, almost everyone in the UK that we deal with starts in the morning and would only really go to the evening if they weren't getting a good result with LDN. So I, it's one of those ones where I can understand the concept of uh, the theoretical concept, but I think we saw it more as a side effect rather than a healing process. But maybe Michelle, you were talking about that earlier on as, a, as an important part. Yeah, and I was just reflecting on um, some of the previous seminar, LDN Research Trust seminar and conferences where people have added, you know, providers have added um, their information. And, and again, it, it's, it's kind of like once a day dosing, twice a day dosing, we see a wide variety of opinion in different camps and how it works. So it, it goes back to treating that individual and really coming up with what's best for that individual, because like you say, a lot of times if the vivid dreams are impacting their overall health, then there's no sense in keeping it at a bedtime dose. That doesn't make any sense at all. So moving it to the morning can be just as beneficial. And, and I think um, both Dr. Chopra talked about that even for pain control. And uh, Dr. Weinstock certainly talked about that as well for GI issues. So the next question is, what information do you have regarding ADHD and LDN? Um, that that goes back to Dr. Um, Jacqueline McCandless, right? I mean, she was using a uh, LDN. Oh my gosh, nineties. Uh, I think it was on. She did a, a study. Maybe it was even in the eighties, where she did a small study um, on children specifically. And I, if I remember right, the children in that study were anywhere from ages ten or eleven months until they were uh, about twelve. And she used mainly transdermal LDN because again, we're using, these are children and children tend to metabolize LDN a little bit faster. So her dosing was different than what we ne necessarily always see in adults. And then Dr. Brian Udell expanded on that. And he's been using low dose naltrexone in children for a number of years. In fact, if I recall, when he was first approached to speak at an LDN conference, I don't think he realized that LDN was used in adults, but yes. he was like, wait a minute, what? You, you use this in big people too? And, <laughs> and he gets tremendous success. And he actually wrote a wonderful chapter in the first book, which is the blue one, about the use of low-dose naltrexone in children, whether they're on the spectrum or with um, attention deficit. How about um, psoriatic arthritis who is currently taking biologics to help manage it? Um, yes, I have patients who take biologics and LDN. I would say you do need to talk to your provider um, about this. There, there's, I guess, some different train of thought. Some providers don't like it. Some providers do. So I would say, you know, try to present some 
some paper to your provider before you go there, but I do have patients who take biologics and LDN. So um, I take 4.5 milligrams daily as a pounded capsule. I've heard there are many fillers out there making capsules, one of the best fillers. I think we covered that already, didn't we? So basically any filler apart from lactose is what we would go to. So I'll maybe just jump to the next one. Um, have, you, have you found LDN helpful for people who have frequent histamine release? So again, it's a generalized anti-inflammatory, which stops the immune cascade at the TLR receptors, but also by causing a reduction in the overall inflammatory response by releasing endorphins. So absolutely, people who have things like mast cell activation syndrome, who have um, very severe allergies, even um, so, uh, the arthritis that we're talking about, psoriatic stuff, um, rheumatoids, uh, where it's all about this autoimmunity, then absolutely LDN is helpful with plenty of information published on that. Does LDN affect estradiol patch prescription metabolism? I don't believe that is mm -hmm. even remotely related. Um, if, if you're asking about does LDN affect <clears throat> um, sex steroid hormone use and, and uh, production, that's a little bit different mechanism than just using a hormone replacement product. Now, LDN can change the, how the gut works. So there might be a backdoor mechanism there, but nothing directly. The next question we have is we have a patient who started taking LDN after having cancer um, and had a removal of his colon about five and a half years ago without having chemo. Um, he has not had a reoccurrence of the cancer and he wants to know if he should continue taking LDN indefinitely. And my answer is yes. I think LDN after cancer is, is so smart because it definitely helps keep your immune system in check. So yes, I would continue taking LDN indefinitely. There's a lot of um, studies out there about cancer and LDN, um, a lot of great research out there, and they all continue taking it on mostly these patients. Using LDN a patient with B-cell lymphoma who's not responding to other prescription medications or even CAR cell, CAR T-cell. So, I mean, basically you have a patient who's already tried everything. Um, do you know, there is nothing to be lost by trying LDN. And in fact, that's where we see most patients who start with LDN is that they've tried everything. And a good proportion of them do rather surprisingly well long-term. So, yeah. Have you seen benefit with um, irritable bowel syndrome or irritable bowel disease? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Dr. Leonard Weinstock has done some amazing uh, research and case study on that. Uh, more specifically on Crohn's and ulcerative colitis, but you know, let's face it, irritable bowel syndrome and irritable bowel disease is just a precursor. Now, Crohn's and ulcerative colitis may have an autoimmune component to it, but you know, let it, it's pretty much six of one, half dozen of the other, just in earlier stages. I think you still need to identify what's actually going on in the gut. So there's different types of testing that can help with that, and identifying that is only going to add to the success, but. I think one of the common theories or the, the common thread that you're going to hear from all three of us is that low-dose naltrexone has such very little uh, risk to it that why not jump in? Because the beauty of it is that after a, a period of time, whatever that is defined for that individual, it can simply be stopped. Now, the benefits of LDN will certainly stop, and so those symptoms may come roaring back, but um, you know, it's like, why not? Why not? 
any info on transfusion dependent autoimmune hemolytic anemia? Um, and would that be low dose or high dose LDN? I, I think uh, this is a, a question for probably one of the more primary care doctors. <laughs> And not something we come, up, come across in community pharmacy. So I think mm -hmm. it would be overstepping to answer the question. Unless anyone else feels confident with this. Mm -mm. No. Okay. And does LDN help with adrenal fatigue at what dose? So um, LDN, absolutely, we see very frequently is used in people who have adrenal fatigue because it reduces the um, neuroinflammation, it seems to reduce the pain, it reduces the stress feelings and the anxiety that we talked about before, which all have impacts on the adrenal fatigue. So that seems to be quite cool. And then working from there. Um, I, I just think that low dose naltrexone is incredibly helpful for histamine intolerance, you know, moving that TH1 to TH2. <laughs> um, and that's where you're going to decrease the dizziness because of how it actually works in the ears with um, the cochlea um, and is Perhaps your immune system is just not seeing the benefits of LDN because of, of uh, breaking the dose up. Next question is literally a question that I field many times a week, and I'm sure you all do as well, is there is a great need for well-controlled studies on the use of LDN for disease states on various or various symptoms rather than relying on very small studies and just anecdotal reports on LDN empirically. Comments from the panel. Um, so what I try to refer to is, first of all, there is well over 900, 950 studies, including approximately about 20 to 30 that have been conducted even in the last three or four years. But there are well over 900 studies on the use of low-dose naltrexone in a wide variety of situations. My most favorite document that I hand out to providers, I refer to as the Dartmouth study. It literally is a summary of over 900 articles based on the conditions in which they were studied and the results, including the dosing and um, uh, the patient population that was used, the numbers, et cetera. That is my favorite because it's, an, it's a very nice, succinctly packaged summary of how LDN is used. So I've been a pharmacist for 35 years, and quite honestly, I have yet to find um, pretty much any other commercially available medication that has got over 900 papers written on it. So um, with the exception of maybe the uh, coronavirus vaccine, I think LDN is incredibly well studied and has been used not only in U.S. population, but population across the globe very well. And we, what we consistently find is that the mechanism of actions are very succinctly described. What we also, and because most in, in, uh, diseases are inflammatory in nature, that's why it's applicable to so many different situations across, across the globe. Um, but um, I, I would say that there are some great case studies, but again, those are case studies, but there are also some very good scientific studies out there. We are happy to provide those. Linda, I'm not sure if the Dartmouth study is available on the website. I haven't looked for it quite honestly, but it's, it is available in PubMed. Um, I have it right behind me on the, um, on the shelf, but um, the author, the specific author names uh, escape me at the moment. Well, the 
research papers that we can find as they come along we add them to the website and we put them under conditions as well so <clears throat> they should be easily found question i am interested in how this is used for weight loss dosing recommendations and how long you can use it so actually LZN is in the commercial product contrave in the united states in combination with bupropion and so you can use LDN, it's normally twice daily dosing, and we're talking probably eight milligrams twice a day. Um, that's very common for weight loss dosing. It's been known to help with cravings. It's been known to help, you know, stop that desire to eat basically. Um, and so it has been used and we have seen some success with weight loss. Basically asking about the use of honokyol or honokyol. I don't know if that's how everyone's pronouncing it. Uh, with LDN for um, oncology patients. Now, this is something we do see an awful lot, and we used to see using this particular supplement, which comes from Magnolia Bark, um, before we managed to convince most of the oncologists to describe metformin, because basically Honokyol is the sort of natural form of metformin, which is an mTOR inhibitor and reduces the, um, the, body, the way the body works with um, with sugars. So actually, yes, 100% LDN with, with this particular magnolia bark extract is great, but in reality, we would much prefer if you get a proper licensed medicine, which we know it is what it says it is, i.e. metformin. So. I think it was Dr. Khan who talked yeah. about in the yeah, Akbar Khan. That's yeah. it was Akbar. Yeah. yeah. Any questions or comments you may have, please email me, linda, L-I-N-D-A, at ldnrt.org. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for joining us today. We really appreciated your company. Until next time, stay safe and keep well.